Welcome to the Hearts of Men podcast, a podcast to inspire men on their healing journey and give practical tools to use in everyday life for mental and emotional support. I'm your host, Aaron Cartwright. Welcome back to the next episode of Hearts of Men podcast. This podcast I'm very excited about. I know I say that every time. If you listen to all the episodes, I've been excited every time. But this one, I am very excited. Definitely, definitely excited again because we are talking all about inner child work. Um, some of you, some of you might know what that is. Some of you might have heard of it, but don't know. And some of you have probably never heard and think, "What the fuck is inner child work?" Now, one of my clients told me. Actually, a few of my clients uh, told me to do this and said it's a good idea. So, you know, I, I had one of my clients in particular say, hey, Aaron, do one on uh, inner child work. You know, you talk about inner child. We do a lot of inner child. This uh, client of mine's been with me for 18 months. In in my world, in my client's world, inner child work is so normal. It's what we do. It's a healing modality that we use all the time. And it's very normal. But I, I, I sometimes forget how we, weird inner child work might seem to someone who's never heard of it, especially to blokes. Um, so tonight's episode is going to be all about inner child work. What is it? Uh, is it weird? What is the point of it? What are the benefits? Um, how do you do it? You know, all that juicy stuff. So I'm going to get into it and I'm going to tell you a story about how I got into it and how I thought about it in the beginning. So if you listen to the first uh, podcast podcast episode about my story and how I got here and why I do what I do, if you haven't heard that, go stop this right now. Go listen to the very first episode. This will explain my story, and this will help you understand what I'm about to talk about. So in 2019, I'll just give you a quick <laughs> quick uh, update if you haven't heard it. 2019, I had my my you know you could call it mental breakdown, emotional breakdown. And was having anxiety attacks, anxiety, having all these things go on. Everything seemed to be going wrong. Air quotes if you're listening to this and not watching this. Um, and I was just riddled with anxiety. And and, and I had all the tools. I, I had all the mindset tools. I had all the knowledge. I was a mindset coach. And um, none of it was actually helping me with my anxiety and my anxiety attacks and just the way I was thinking the 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 terrible, terrible dark thoughts and the feelings, it just wasn't helping me. It wasn't until I stumbled across randomly, uh, one of my older mentors back then, I stumbled across him and his work. And he mentioned inner child work, how inner child work can help with anxiety and help you, uh, just help you, it's a modality. And I'm not going to lie, when I first heard about inner child work, I thought, fuck, that sounds weird. That sounds so... Um, What's the, what's the term I'm looking for? It sounded very, um, number one, it sounded very feminine to me in a child work and all that. And I, at that time I was quite in my, again, quotes, air quotes, masculine. Um, and it didn't sound pleasing to me at all. It sounded quite, I don't know, soft, if that makes sense. And a bit embarrassing, a bit embarrassing even to think about doing it. So, but at the time I was at rock bottom. And, uh, I thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to give this guy a go and try this thing they call inner child work. So I flew over to Sydney, did this two day, two and a half day event. And he 
spoke about this inner child work and explaining how we have all these inner children inside of us and all this stuff. And to be honest, it still sounded a bit weird. Um, but it wasn't until I put it into practice and I actually experienced what he was talking about, um, is where I realized, oh, fuck. Okay. This guy's onto something. This inner child thing isn't just some fucking made up thing that we make up. You know, it was a real thing. So, um, it's changed my life, you know, and I practiced it for, since then it's been almost three years. It is three years next month that I've been practicing inner child work. And it, to say it saved my life is probably an understatement. Okay. Well, no, it's probably not an understatement. It's probably a correct statement. It did save my life because at the time I was going through some heavy darkness, suicidal thoughts, you know, heavy, heavy anxiety. And I can thank the healing done to two things in particular, many things, but two things in particular. One is inner child work. And I'm going to explain it tonight. Number two is the breath work. There's many other things I did, but those two things, uh, I can honestly say saved my life. So what is inner child work? What, how do I, what is this Aaron? It sounds like bullshit. It sounds like this airy fairy, you know, inner child work. What the fuck is this? So let me explain. When you react, let's say you're in road rage and you're, you're in traffic and someone cuts you off. Okay. And out of nowhere, you start flipping the bird, giving them the finger, telling them to fuck off and all these things. And you start losing your shit in traffic. And then after an hour later, maybe even 10 minutes later, you sit there and you calm down and go, shit, I really overreacted. Or maybe to your partner, you and your partner have a fight, have an argument and you start losing shit. You start over, you know, um, let's say you, you, your wife tells you, Hey, you haven't done the dishes and you just lose your shit right over the dishes. And you start arguing and saying all these things, you don't mean all the, you just start losing your shit. You get rage. And then an hour later you sit down and think, Holy fuck. What did I, why did I just say that? What, what just happened? Um, that's not me. Like who was that person? Do you know what I mean? I, I guarantee you've all been there. Here's the thing. When these things happen, when you have the fight with the partner, when you have the road rage, when you lose your shit at your kids or, or you lose your shit at yourself or you overreact, okay? You overreact. What happens is, let's say you're me, you're 32, and I get into an argument with someone. Let's say road rage. At that moment of road rage, my 32-year-old self, my wise, at this moment, talking to through this this screen, I feel like I'm feeling safe. I feel I feel wise. I feel um, I feel 32. I feel like an adult. When I get into that road rage or I get into that fight with someone, that argument, I'm not 32-year-old Aaron. I regress. I regress back into a younger version of me, a triggered version of me. That's why we overreact. So when we get triggered, and if you don't know what a trigger is, a trigger is basically anything that evokes a reaction inside of us that is typically um, a big reaction. Okay, and 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 a good way to think of triggers is, let's say, um, you know, you're triggered when logically you shouldn't be triggered because it's not a massive, massive deal, but the the trigger is 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 way bigger than it should be. Air quotes again. 
So let's say, you know, again, back to the dishes, your, your wife tells you to do the dishes and you lose your shit, you're triggered. You're losing your shit over dishes. So the, the, the bigness of your, your emotions is not in alignment with what's going on. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. So, you know, you're triggered when your reactions are bigger than it should, should be quotes again, air quotes. And I'll explain why I'm doing air quotes after. So when we get triggered, it's automatic. It's automatic. Okay. You've all been in road rage. You've all said stuff you haven't, didn't mean, or you lost your shit and you go, wow, I was out of control. Like I, I, it's like, I didn't have control because you didn't. When we get triggered, we don't have control. We don't have control of our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts. We just, bah, right. We, we, we react. Okay. We don't, we don't, we don't have an ability to listen be with what's going on and then then act we react okay we're reactive so these are triggers okay and triggers and i'll explain the the difference uh the the, the connection from triggers and in in your inner child so again when you get triggered what's happening is you're having an overreaction because there's something inside of you from the past that it's reminding you of so let's say the dishes your wife tells you hey you haven't done the dishes still you lose your shit ah fuck you you don't understand what i do i work hard and i do this and i do that okay that's the trigger now the trigger it's not about the dishes it's something deeper than the dishes it's deeper that's the surface level you think you're losing your shit over dishes but you're not you're losing your shit because it's triggering something from the past typically typically in most cases, and you won't realize this until you go into the work, it's in childhood, okay? In a lot of cases, not always, but a lot of cases. And if it's not in childhood, it's in your teens or it's in the past, okay? And these things in the past are sitting there still that haven't been healed. And because they haven't been healed, it's still there. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a landmine. It's like a landmine. When someone steps on this landmine, you fucking trigger it and your, your landmine goes off and blows up. So it might seem like, you know, uh, you've got things under control until you get triggered. So I'm, I'm repeating myself because I want to make sure you guys, it really hits home. Triggers are past versions of you because it's reminding you that trigger is reminding you of something in the past unconsciously. You're not conscious of it. You're not sitting there and your wife is telling you about the dishes and you're sitting there going, this reminds me of when I was 10 years old and my mom said this or that. You don't remember shit consciously. It's unconscious. Okay. There's unconscious things happening. This is why it's very difficult for people to understand. Sometimes they think, oh, well, it's not that it is because it's unconscious. You're not consciously aware of it. Okay. Uncon and that's why you're, you feels like you've got no control sometimes when you get triggered, because when you're triggered, it's automatic because it's automatic because it's, it's unconscious and unconscious basically means automatic a lot of the times. Like when you drive, Okay. You get in the car, you drive from A to B and you don't know how the fuck you got from A to B because you, you were, you were thinking about other things, even though you stopped at red lights and you did all the right things, but you're on autopilot, meaning it was unconscious. You just did it. It's like automatic. So basically a lot of, a lot of the times when things are automatic, it's unconscious, just like our triggers, our triggers are automatic. All right, let me take a breath. So there's a part of the brain that remembers everything since birth, even before birth, even when you're in uh, your mum's belly, you're, there's a part of your brain, the real old um, 
uh, reptilian part of the brain that remembers everything that ever hurt you. Every, anything that ever was remotely dangerous or, or caused pain. It remembers everything. It remembers everything. And if your conscious brain had to remember all of that, it wouldn't, it would be overwhelmed. So it goes into the unconscious for your unconscious to remember. So if, if things happened, you know, um, when you're really young, your brain stores that memory unconsciously and then unconsciously it will, as it grows older, it, it will, um, alarm you. It will trigger you not to do something or it will trigger you to do things or, or whatever. It's, it's reminding you of what happened as a young, young boy or girl, if you're watching us and you're a female. And that's a very, very cool design because if we had to remember what was dangerous and what was safe, we wouldn't be able to live. It's just too much information. So things get reminded from the past. Things remind us from the past. So our brain is constantly scanning the environment, looking for danger, looking for things that remind us of the past to keep us safe so we ultimately don't, don't die. Okay? That's basically what it comes down to in the end. So I'm going to say it once more. Your triggers. Your triggers, every time you lose your shit, every time you have that anxiety, you have that depression, you have these triggers a lot. Not every time. I'm going to reframe that. Sorry. Not every time. A lot of the time you have these things that you're you know, having issues with your partner or you have an anxiety attacks, all, all, the, all these things. A lot of the time, many, many, many times, it's the trigger from the past. So what does that mean? We know now that every time you get triggered, it's something from the past in most cases. Okay? In most cases, it's unconscious from the past. So knowing that, what do we call this? Every time you get triggered, that means an old version of you is popping up. An old version of you is popping up. If the brain remembers everything you've ever been through, minor or major, it remembers every little painful thing and stores it in the part of your brain that's unconscious and puts it and remembers everything, scans your environment for, for clues, to, to stay safe or get triggered or run or fight or whatever, that means you're, every time you get triggered, you're returning back to a past version of yourself or many past versions of yourself. Hopefully you're following by now. Okay? So there's many things. Knowing this, this is a great thing. This is a great thing knowing this. Because if you want to change the way your, you want to change patterns with your partner. You want to change your anger or rage. You want to change your anxiety. You want to change your depression. You want to change these things that are most likely the unconscious part of you from the past. Well, what we can do is do some inner child work. Meaning, when you get triggered, the trigger is a great opportunity to show you where you're unhealed, where there's things in the past that happened that could be healed. Okay? So I want you to, Number one, to look at triggers differently. Triggers aren't a bad thing. Triggers are just parts of you that um, got overstimulated, got maybe even traumatized, little or big, um, uh, overwhelmed in the past. Okay, These are opportunities to find the versions of you that need some more support from the past. So inner child work basically means we find the trigger inside of you. Okay, So for example, you have anxiety. You don't know why you have an anxiety. You don't know why you have an anxiety. And we go into the anxiety and we feel what's going on with the anxiety. And we find you have a coach like myself and we we probe and we find the root cause. What, what are you feeling with the anxiety? And typically it's something like you're scared or there's a fear coming up or, or um, you know, something similar like that. Maybe grief is underneath because 
FYI, underneath anxiety is normally other emotions that are deeper than, than the anxiety, for example. So we find the deep, deep root part of what's going on with the trigger. And typically it's something like, I didn't feel safe. I'm not feeling safe. I'm not feeling loved. I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling seen. I'm not feeling um, wanted. I'm not feeling, you know, these things. Okay. Then what we do is we feel into that and we can transport ourselves. We can find with, with the help of a guide, by the way, if you, if I don't, I don't really want people going to do this by themselves because it can re-trigger traumas if you go into something deep. So just disclaimer, as I talk you through this process, it's not really so you can go do it by yourself in the beginning. That's an option after you learn how to do it properly with someone. But this is basically the process. You find that trigger, okay, safely with a guide like myself or someone else. You find that trigger, you find that anxiety, you find the trigger that's bothering you. And we get to the root of it. We get to the bottom of what's going on with the trigger. When we do that, we have a little thing that will help us transport us back into the past version of you where you first felt this. Okay, or you felt this when you were younger. Let's say Aaron, 32, has his trigger, road rage, has rage. Okay, He goes into the rage. He figures out in that moment that he's feeling rage. Because remember, it's not about the road rage. It's something deeper. Okay, He figures out that he's feeling frustrated with life, like he's not heard, he's not seen, he's not loved, he's not understood. He goes into, the, I go into that feeling of not feeling these things, and I find a past version of me who felt unloved, unworthy, not seen, whatever I was feeling in that road rage. You go back, you find that version. And that version of me could be a five-year-old version of Aaron. Okay. At five years old, there might be a version of Aaron that didn't feel seen by his mum or dad or his, his, his teacher, or he had something go on back then. Okay. And what happens is that part of you is very much true. Because remember, the brain remembers this part. It brings up this, this version of Aaron. But what we're doing is instead of the brain just bringing up the feelings, we're, we're taking back, we're going back there and making it real by imagining the, the real Aaron, the five-year-old version. Because he's there. He gets reactive. He hasn't, he hasn't gone away. His reactions are still there. So he's there. He's very much alive. So what we do is we envision it with our brains and we feel into that younger version of us. And what we do is we go back to the younger Aaron. And we give him the love, the support, the safety, whatever he needs, we give to him. We validate him. We become the parent that he needed in that very moment. Even if, if you have amazing parents and they were unbelievable, your parents weren't always with you 24-7. Things might have happened in school. Things might have happened out of school. Now you might have the best childhood and the best family and you could still have shit from the past. Guarantee you do. Because of that, we go back and we give the younger Aaron or give the younger whoever's watching this whatever they needed back then. And typically it's love, it's support, it's validation, it's being seen, it's being heard. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Because when we go back there, we reconnect to that part of the brain that is still very much alive, thinking the world is dangerous, thinking the world isn't safe. And we go back and give him what he needs to show him, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Okay. What that does is with repetition, when you go back to these younger versions of ourselves that were triggered or feeling unsafe or whatever was going on that was overwhelming for them at that stage, you go back and you're soothing 
that inner version of you, meaning you're soothing this current version of you as well, because that inner child of yours from the past is you still. You're still in the body of that inner child. They live inside of you. So the more you soothe and you heal, because this is what healing is, you're bringing in all parts of you, that all the parts of your inner child, all the parts, you're bringing them with you as one. And by the way, healing means to make whole. To make whole is to bring the parts of you, the inner children that you're trying to avoid, and you bring them in with love. Okay, The scared parts, the embarrassed parts, the the not worthy parts, the the embarrassed parts, the humi humiliation parts, the the nervous parts, the, whatever parts that you're ashamed of, whatever ones you're trying to get rid of, the inner children you're trying to get rid of, and you're trying to be confident without being nervous, you're trying to be this without that, you're trying to be one-sided, then you're 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 abandoning, you're rejecting parts of yourself, and the more you do that, the more split from yourself you're going to become. And the more split and disconnected from the inner children you become, the more anxiety you get, the more issues will come because you're not actually loving yourself. You're trying to get rid of parts of yourself. Okay. So we go back to the inner children that were triggered time and time and time again, because every time we go back and we, we, we go and soothe the inner child inside of you, we go and soothe the inner child inside of you, it rewires your brain. Our brains are plastic, okay? Our, our brains can change the way we, we wire and fire things. We can change the way we react to things. But it doesn't happen by thinking about it. It doesn't happen by snapping your fingers. It happens by repetition, just like the gym. Every time, this is why I say, healing is not an overnight thing. Some of my best clients have been with me for 18 months, two years, more, longer, and they're just starting to click that this takes time of soothing yourself of going back to your inner child it's not an overnight thing that's why most people will not do it because they want the quick fix so going back to this inner child rewires the way your brain remember i said that brain that remembers everything that's ever happened that has been dangerous or unsafe or or scary it starts to rewire because you're going back into the memory the part of you that felt that way and the brain doesn't know what's the past, the future, the present. The brain just knows what's going on. So if you go back into the past and you you have a scared child who's really scared of something, if your brain thinks it's happening again. It doesn't know the difference. So that's a good thing. Because if it's happening again, you can go back and rewire the way you experienced that thing in the past. And that takes repetition. If you do enough reps of that, you change the way you feel about that event in the past and you see it for what it is and you can appreciate it, okay? And that changes the way you feel about yourself and your life and your future. So if you want to change your future and how you react in the future, you've got to go into the past and, and be with these parts and bring them with you. You can't go to the future thinking, I'm getting rid of this past. I just want to, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to think about the future and da, da, da. That can work for a little bit, but uh, over some time, these little versions of you, the part of the brain that remembers everything will start to come back. So I believe inner child work can save people's lives with repetition, with the right people helping them guide them back to the inner child. Over time, it can really shift the way we react to the world around us and we can be more compassionate towards ourselves, number one, because that's what it's about being compassionate towards the, our self. Because I have many people ask me, Aaron, 
How do I forgive myself? How do I love myself? How do, but Aaron, how do I do this? I'm telling you right now, this is, there's many ways, but the inner child is a huge thing for me. It was personally a massive thing for me. This is the best way I can find to love yourself. Okay. So the inner child, we, and this is why, and, and the, another thing with this is when you understand this, you can do it by yourself. And when you get triggered in the, cause you can't go through life thinking you're never going to have triggers. But you can bring your triggers down, a lot of your triggers down. You're going to get triggered. You're human. I'm human. We all get triggered. But the big triggers that trigger you where it's your partner or you, you're sick of you know arguing with the partner or road raging or you've got anger issues or you're, you're shut down or you're numb or you're depressed, these things, I believe, most of these things can be healed over time um, by rewiring the way you remember yourself in the past and being with these versions of you and accepting them one by one day after day. So I know I just spoke a lot about it. Um, I hope so far it's making sense and hopefully it's starting to become less weird. Cause I remember, you know, I do remember how weird it was for me. And then I talk about it just so normally now. And some people are like, what in a child. So I just want to put it out to the world, especially to men, you know, to men. Cause I remember thinking it was fucking weird and it was soft and like, um, I don't know. It was just odd, an odd concept, but it's so normal to me now. And since I've been doing it, you know, I'm forever grateful for that modality. You know, no, no modality is perfect, but it's, it's one of my favorite modalities. Actually it is. It's my favorite modality I've ever used so far, um, in my healing journey. And, um, I would love for you guys to experience it and, and, you know, find someone like myself or someone else who can take you through this and, and teach you how to do it so you can do it for yourself. Cause this is self-healing. A lot of this is self-healing. And I know guys like to do shit by themselves. We like to be independent um, and this is one of the best tools to be independent with because we can do it whenever we want. But um, the benefits are amazing. So what are the benefits? What have I found personally? I've found way more self-love for myself. I thought I loved myself before doing inner child work, but it wasn't true. I loved myself only when things were going well. When things went bad, forget about it. I hated myself. I beat myself up constantly. I... Basically what happens is, and people talk about self-love and I'll do a whole nother podcast on this, but people talk about self-love, but most people don't actually love themselves. They love themselves when things are going right or good. When things aren't, they fucking hate themselves. You know, having a bubble bath or a massage isn't really self-love. It can, it's a little bit of it. Yes, it's good. But what about when you get fired from your job? What about when your partner leaves you or cheats on you or does this or when you get anxiety or you get depressed or you have the big emotions or all these things. Can you still love yourself? That's the question. Most people can't. Most of us struggle. That's why this kind of work, which is basically called shadow work, we're, we're working with the shadow parts of you because we all have shadows. The parts of us we're ashamed of, that we hate, that we're embarrassed of, that we just resent. These are the parts that we need to bring in. That's true self-love. Okay. If if you're with someone now, if people are telling you loving yourself means having just more bubble baths and and da, 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 and think positive, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Okay, they might get to a stage where they realize that doesn't work for them. It might take a year or two. It might take longer. But at some stage, people are going to realize like that doesn't work long term. What does work long term is actually accepting all of you. All of you need, is worthy of love. Okay, every part of you is worthy of love. And if you're sitting there right now going fuck. 
oh shit, I fucking hate myself. And that part of me that did that when I was 20, he doesn't deserve love. Or that part of me that did that doesn't deserve love. Most people are walking around in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, still holding shame and guilt and about stuff they've done in the past. And this is not condoning things that have happened in the past, but that doesn't help anyone hating yourself. It doesn't help anyone. You can't be at your best. You can't be at your most authentic. You can't love your life. You can't love yourself. You can't even love others when you're beating yourself up constantly, unconsciously because of stuff you've done in the past. Okay. So um, I've mentioned what inner child is. I've mentioned the benefits. I've mentioned um, uh, kind of the science behind it. Not not heaps, but you know a bit of the science with the brain and how we hold everything. Um, a bit of my story, you know. And I continue to do inner child work, um, not as regularly, and um, but I still do it a lot. And it helps me. It helps me because we still all get triggered. But I can tell you right now, my anxiety when I was going through that breakdown, my anxiety attacks and 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 those suicidal thoughts, all these things, my depersonalization, my derealization, which if you don't know what that is, look it up or watch the first episode. I think I mentioned it in there. That all went away with a, with a consistent practice of inner child work. Okay. Um, I think I've mentioned most of it. This was a bit of a shorter podcast, but I just wanted to make sure you guys know this. And because honestly, I watch my clients with inner child over time and, and with practice, they do really, really well. And in, in their world, this is very normal to them as well. Also, another thing to mention with inner child work is us men, especially, um, we lose that, that joy. We lose that inner child, that inner child freedom inside of us. Cause we have to provide, we have to do all these things. And we think it's feminine. We think it's soft to be fun and let that inner child play. Because that's another thing, by the way, which is very common, is that we forget to keep that inner child alive. The inner child inside of you is a big part of your soul, is a big part of your your freedom and your joy and your, and your air quotes, happiness. Not, not happiness all the time, but you know, there's moments for happiness and joy. That's the inner child, the creativity the silliness, that inner child, when you start doing the inner child work, and this is another thing I actually realized when I was having that breakdown in 2019, which I looked at my life and said, I'm not doing anything fun. Like my life is so fucking serious. It was all about business, all about making money, being successful. There was no fun at all. There was no play. Um, so these days I do a lot more creativity, surfing, skating, have a lot more fun. I'm a lot more um, less serious. And it's at the end of the day, Yes, we're men, we're masculine, we have to provide, we've got responsibilities. And at the same time, one of your responsibilities is to make sure you enjoy your life, is to make sure that you still have that fire burning inside of you and you're not giving and selling your soul for a paycheck or trying to be responsible. One of the most responsible things you can do is be yourself. Let that inner child inside of you out. And if you struggle with that, it's because your inner child is, is deep inside of you and is stuck and needs your support to love him, to set him free, so you can be yourself again. I promise if you take on the work, the most 99% of the people, you are going to change your life. Your inner child is going to come out. You're going to enjoy your life more. 
and you're going to be yourself. You're going to love yourself because at the end of the day, you've probably heard the cliche thing. If you don't love yourself, no one else will. Okay. Or, you know, or someone could love you, but if you don't love yourself, you're not going to receive it. Okay. You can only receive the love that you have for yourself. So you might receive love, but only to this level. You don't let it come in all the way because you're not having it for yourself in that inner child, these past versions of yourself. Another thing, I think I've already mentioned it, but when you do inner child work, it automatically changes your present moment, which means it changes your future. Okay. It changes your future. And also, also people can feel your authenticity. People can feel your truth. They can feel your heart and it does attract people into your life, whether that's business or career opportunities. When you can become your true self, that's when you're most magnetic. So if you're sitting there as a man and you want to be magnetic and you want to be all these things, inner child work will change that. It will help you become that, not by forcing it or, or being this person you're not, but, but by becoming your true self. You become authentic and magnetic. And you have more energy and life is just a lot different. Okay. So another disclaimer, make sure if you want to go into this, reach out to myself or someone that does similar work to the inner child because, um, you know, it's subjective and you need to be guided in the beginning. You know, there have been people that have done this by themselves and that's good. Um, but some people have more traumas or some people struggle because it's difficult in the beginning. It's not that easy. You know, you can do some meditations on YouTube, uh, but I, it's not specific enough. I don't believe in the beginning. So reach out to myself or someone, if you want help through in a child, or you want to learn more about it, I can definitely help you. Um, and what else was I going to mention? Also wanted to mention, thank you guys for watching these episodes. This is episode three. I've already got a lot of feedback from the past two episodes. So it's, um, much appreciated. If you have any ideas on what you want me to talk about, there's so many things I can talk about. Uh, reach out to me on Facebook and just send me a message. You go, Hey, can you do a podcast about this? If I get enough of those messages, I'll do specific podcasts about certain topics, anything to do with men and mental health and, and whatever in this subject. So I, I love teaching. So I'm always open for ideas. So I think that's it guys for inner child work. You're probably sick of that word by now. I've probably mentioned it 390 times, but that's okay. I really want to drill it into your head because I want to make it more normal. I want to make this weird thing that we call inner child work a normal thing because it's normal for me. It's changed my life. It's changed my client's life. And hopefully you'll be the next one that changes. So anyways, guys, thank you for watching this third episode. I appreciate you all. If you like this, please like, subscribe, um, or review. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for watching this episode of Hearts of Men. I really appreciate it. If you could give back and give a like, a comment, a share, a review on any of the platforms you're watching on, that would really help me get my message out to more men. If you don't follow me on socials, please follow me, Aaron Cartwright, All Things Healing on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, guys. See you on the next episode.